I'm a doctor, a father, an American, an Indian. I've had conversations about life from every angle, and as I've navigated the South Asian experience, I share stories of people and their purpose, and what they're saying over and over again is, trust me, I know what I'm doing. I'm Abhay Dandekar, and on this episode of Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing, join me for a conversation with organization expert and productivity guru, Mridu Parikh. Stay tuned. So getting through life in general, especially during a pandemic, can be really tough. Thankfully, springtime can be a good time for a lot of things. Spring training, spring beginnings, and spring cleaning. So pre-pandemic, the trunk of my car often tended to be my waste bin of stuff that somehow ended up there simply because it's a mobile closet that can house all the things I really didn't want to organize or deal with. There seemingly was a direct relationship with the amount of chaos in my life and the amount of stuff that made it into that trunk. So as the pandemic has brought on new discoveries and a lot of personal organizing wake-up calls, I thought this would be a good time to have a conversation with Nashville's own Mridu Parikh, a friend and also the wife of my college roommate. Mridu's a professional productivity mentor and an expert in organizing. She's the author of the best-selling book, Accomplish It, Seven Simple Actions to Get the Right Things Done and Achieve Your Goals. And she's also the host of the podcast, Productivity on Purpose, so check that out when you get a chance. Mridu left the corporate world in New York when she moved to Nashville, and her journey through organizing, efficiency, and productivity has helped so many to streamline and unclutter their lives. I caught up with her recently to talk about these concepts and how she navigates everything. We started out by talking about how the pandemic culture has reframed the idea of personal productivity. Tell me one thing, how has the culture of the pandemic and the culture of rethinking and reframing how we think and how we behave, how has that actually changed your way of thinking when it comes to the idea of productivity? I think this pandemic, this is probably the last 18 months, has really given everybody an opportunity to reassess sort of what's most important to them. You know, I we've all been huddled in small spaces with our families. You know, travel has come to almost a stop, but we're not going into work. And so it's really been very introspective time, I think, for many of us in a lot of ways. Like you know, what, how do we want to spend our time? What's most meaningful? And what parts of this do we really enjoy? And then what parts do we miss? You know, and I think there's a lot of that. I think it's like, oh, I, I kind of, at first it was scary and it was crazy to think we'd all be here. And now I'm definitely hearing as people are on their way back to quote unquote normal that they're like, oh, but I really enjoyed that time. And I never would have had the opportunity to connect in that way or so on and so forth. So getting to your question, I think it also is really related to the priorities, our our physical items, uh, the people in our lives, the goals for our careers. You know, I feel like it's just sort of been this, um, this like tentacles out of all the things that are really important to us. And so that's what I'm hearing, like from clients and from colleagues. And it's just like this, just this reassessment, I think. And have you had any like aha moments this past eight year, 18 months that have been like sort of practical reminders of that, like whether they're surprises or like reconnections or even the idea or notion of, well, I, you know, before the pandemic, I really never thought of, of this when it came to productivity or efficiency or even clarity for that matter. 
Yeah, I'd say one is it's so basic, but I think that's also what this pandemic has taught us is getting back to the basics was I was using a lot of the tools for work. Like I've used Zoom for five or probably since it came out, I was like an early adopter of Zoom. I was using it all the time for my clients' business, but it never really occurred to me to use it to speak to my grandmother in India or like it never, you know, I don't know. It's like we, and then once the pandemic started, all of a sudden we were having these weekly, monthly things with all of our family in India and our, my family in New Jersey. And now it's, now it's not quite as frequent because I think, you know, we've done it so much, but I'm still talking to her now on WhatsApp every weekend on the video, you know, and it's, so it's funny. It's like these tools that I was using professionally for productivity, for efficiency, for connection. It just wasn't relaying to me on the personal side. And I think that has been super, super, like a big aha and really, really just amazing in the last year. Well, I wonder if those, you know, if those tools or those methods have strengthened relationships for you. I mean, have you found that like, wow, these are connections or relationships that now that I have the tools to be able to develop them or cultivate them or or nourish them a little bit, have you found that it's easier to have cultivate those relationships or rekindle those? Absolutely. There was definitely like my group from college that we'd sort of, we're not falling out of touch, but you know, it was more like Christmas cards. We just couldn't get it together to speak. And now it's again, probably every two months or six weeks, we're all on a, on a zoom or FaceTime call together. So yeah, I think for sure it has. Well, and, and, and I wonder if now as someone who's an expert in, in this and thinking about organization and productivity, do, is there any fear that once we sort of revert back to our, you know, pre-pandemic ways or that, you know, some of those lessons will be unlearned? Um, are there any premonitions or, or uh, forecasts that you have or, or even tips to maintain the kind of good momentum that we've built so far? Yeah, no, I do worry about that. I think, I think as humans, we have short memories, you know, and, and as things get hectic again, we can fall back into these, you know, kind of bad habits. So I'd say, yeah, just focus on the things you loved. And I'm a big proponent and this sounds so cheesy, although I have learned this from, from Viraj, your, your yeah. extra mate, to yeah. make, like making lists, just making lists has been one of the, the best ways to retain information, to keep it front and center, to keep you anchored to what's most important to you. Like make your list of here's the five or 10 things that I loved or three things that I loved during this time that I want to hold on to that's really important to me. And, you know, make that list and keep it somewhere that you're going to see it visually or add the things that are on the list to your calendar. Maybe it is reconnecting with friends once a month or talking to your family in India once a month or whatever it is and put that on the calendar. So it does stay front and center when life goes back to crazy hecticness again. Right. Well, and, you know, you talk about like making a list and, you know, I'm a huge fan of that. And, you know, my list tends to, in some ways, increase as the day goes on and and it just sort of things pile on. But in an era of trying to organize everything, right, and find a box that that fits everything, I'm curious whether you found any solace or clarity in, in fact, letting go of, of some things and, you know, the sort of excess that it it brings almost like in in some ways appreciating limits. So, you know, can, can there be brackets around those lists and, you know, do we have to stop at some point and really sort of find good pause and presence in the things that we're, we're doing in the moment and understand what those limits are. 
Yeah. I think one thing we don't add to our list as we keep making them all day long is, is margin, just like margin in our life and space and white space is a really good thing. And so I think if we can be thinking about that in order to add the margin, we actually have to streamline. So it's kind of counterintuitive. It's like to get more, we need less, you know? And so, yeah, I totally agree. I think the more you can simplify, streamline, prioritize, just the most important, what are the things that can wait? What are the things that can be delegated? What are the things that really didn't need to be on that list in the first place? You know, we feel like we have to, or we should, but do we really need to? Do we really want to? Is it really serving us, you know, in all those things that we've reconnected to during the pandemic? So, um, yeah, I think I think you've hit the nail on the head. Like scaling back is really just going to give you more freedom, yeah. more room for creativity, more. It's just it's liberating, you know. Well, you know, and I'm so curious, why is that so hard for people? Right. I mean, especially for those who are. Yeah, we, we have a hard time saying no. We have a hard time. Um, really sort of understanding what those those margins are. Is is the behavior change away from that, you know, being so difficult? Why is that? I do think the amount of distractions that we have now is, you know, it's unlike any other time that we've known, right? In our, in our the one we were growing up. And right. we just have it. I mean, I'm sure all of our kids, my kids are sick of hearing about how we used to just take our bike and go out all afternoon and we didn't have any, you know, whatever, like texting or social medias or phones. And they're like, Oh, we've heard this a hundred times, but it's true. We just didn't have all that. Right. And, and um, so I think that's just, it's just, prolific it's just adding to this noise all the, all the time around us and it's it is 24/7 and we are basically connected all the time um on top of that i think a second thing is there's an abundance of choice now. Again, when we were growing up, it just wasn't, right? You had a choice yeah. of two or three things of whatever it was, whether it was right. the cereal box or like the clothes stores or you know the TV, the music channel. Or the TV yeah. station. Right. Yeah. And now it's just, as we all know, it's literally unlimited, right? Between like the choices that you have and the options. And so there's always something better. Like you always feel like, well, there's something more, there's something I'm missing out on, there's something else. And and I think that too, it just adds to this, like, I need more, 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 more. I need to keep adding. I need to, you know, and I think those two combined, it's like this snowball effect of just, oh, so much stuff all the time. Well, and and I, I wonder if that produces a mentality of, for that matter, not being content. And I mean, right. as you've gone through this in, you know, your career, both personally and professionally, have you found that the difference between you say 10, 15 years ago with less choices and the sort of current status of having so many choices is the idea of feeling content? Is that just different? I mean, do we, we have to be a cognizant of the matter that that so many choices actually factor into how content we are or aren't. Yeah, I think one thing I probably should have even added to that was you have all those choices and then on top of it, you have the accessibility. And I think that's something also we never had. Amazon Prime and two days, everything's there. Right. It's total instant yeah. gratification. Every podcast you ever want to listen to on any topic is right, right at your there. fingertips, you know? Yeah. And so, yes, I think that's also adding to all this you know, constant barrage of information. And yeah, and I think it's, it's, you're right. It's hard to say, you know, what's truly making me happy. You had to like step away from it. And I do think that's the beauty of this last year. There was as crazy as it was having everyone home, there was that stillness that I think allows us to be like, what is really going to make me happy? You're listening to trust me. I know what I'm doing. After a quick break, we'll come back and rejoin our conversation with Mridu Parikh. Stay tuned. 
Welcome back to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. I'm Abhay Dandekar. My guest is Mrudu Parikh, an organization expert and productivity guru. Let's rejoin our conversation. You know, I'm a big fan of Cal Newport and the entire concept of, you know, deep work and and digital minimalism. I'm curious about your thoughts on helpful distraction, right? So the distractions that can actually either be very helpful and healthy and offer the clarification sometimes, or even just that sort of spark and kernel of idea that becomes the next great innovation. How do you channel good distractions um, into your life? I think they're the distractions that kind of bring you back to you or nature or just something that's not not electronics, first of all. So it could be like going for a walk, right? And again, it's the things that are counterintuitive because I feel like when you have a super long to-do list, you have a hundred things to do, your first impulse might be like, go, 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 go. The faster, 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 more, 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 right? And so it's counterintuitive to say, let me step back, get out of this environment, perhaps take a mental break. Like I said, take a walk, go outside, do jumping jacks, get a glass of water, do something else. (laughs) And I think that's the kind of stuff because it, it feels like I'm wasting time, but it's actually the most productive in the sense it's letting you recalibrate, you're, you know, re energizing. And that's like when those random sparks of genius or ideas come or just remembering something you were supposed to do that you forgot, right? It's just like being in the shower where all the good ideas come to you then because you're literally turned off and you're not for the, for the three minutes you're in there, you're not thinking about something. And it's the same way. If you can actually extract yourself from the environment, from the situation, from the chaos and just be, just be still or walk around, listen to your favorite music, you know, something like that. I think that's what really ignites that. And I hope that, you know, as we exit into this sort of hopefully soon post-pandemic culture, that those kinds of reminders and those kinds of habits will will be sticky, right? That it won't just be a, a reversion, you know, so much to that. And, you know, in thinking about that, you were a professional organizer in, in New York and became a sort of productivity guru and strategist um, as you moved to Nashville. Did, did you need to experience some of the kind of scrambled chaos of of now, like sort of picking up your life and and moving in that way to navigate through that process to get to where you are now? Did you need some of that chaos to sort of identify the clarity of, you know, how to strategize about productivity? Yeah, I say everything I teach is what I've learned. (laughs) I think they make the best teachers. You know, it's like when you've gone through something, you've experienced it. Uh, So my whole trajectory through my through my career, for sure, I think is and my business has been a lot of what I was going through. So similar to you, you know, we had this we had the kids at one time. They were young kids. The move across the country. It was, um, you know, buying a house, finances, it just all the things that come family relationships. And I was feeling overwhelmed um, and sort of had to go through my own process of getting out of it and organizing. And then that sort of led to the evolution of more of time and time management, because I recognized that it couldn't even really always help people get their homes organized if they didn't, if they couldn't prioritize it, if they couldn't find a way to get it on their schedule, you know, it's like, who who cares if you don't even have the time to do it. So that sort of led me um, to the to where I am now, but it's a daily process. I think it never goes away. You know, it's something every day too. I, well, I'm still thinking, okay, what are my top goals? What is going to get me closest to my end goal? You know, how do I make that that 
quote unquote balance between my family and work and, and find the white space and keep the margins and put up the boundaries. And so I think it's just a, a, a daily practice as you go through yeah. life. How do, how do you deal with the, now that you have had the experiences and, you know, those experiences being the best teachers, how, how do you deal with setbacks with that, right? I mean, you know, it, we're all human. And so sometimes we have those setbacks, you know, kind of the like, wait, I'm, I'm veering from my good habits here. How do you correct yourself? I think one thing is having some good habits or systems in the first place. So it's like getting those, I always feel like, and this is what I teach, teach my clients is that I'm not here to teach you how to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. Everybody's going to fall off and probably pretty frequently, right? You'll fall off. But if you have the confidence that, you know, you have something to get back to, you had a starting point, you had a process in place, you had a system, you had a routine. It makes it much easier to go back because you're like, all right, tomorrow's a new day. I can start over. I know what to do. Let me get the list. Let me get the calendar. Let me get the organizer, whatever it is, right? You know, you know, there's something to do. So I think creating that foundation one step at a time and one area of your life at a time is it doesn't just serve you during that moment. It serves you when you fall off, but you're like, ah, I remember, I know what to do. I have my toolbox and I can yeah. you know, go in there and grab a tool and get, get at it. So for me, it's like just reminding myself, I've been there before. <laughs> I know I can find my way back and it will be okay. Instead of like dwelling, you know, I'll give myself like a few minutes, right. dwell for a few minutes and be like, okay, move on. Tomorrow's another day or, or this is another yeah. hour. Let's get back to it. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's so funny because, um, you know, you serve as a, a mentor or a coach for, for clients and, but for you, do you find that there is some value to getting that coaching um, or those reminders from unexpected places, like whether it's from your kids or from your clients themselves. And how have you been able to sort of like take those learning lessons and translate that to, you know, re sort of focusing yourself or steering yourself back into the right path? Yeah, it's a gift that I get to work with people because I think the more that I do it with them, right? The more that we go through that process, the more it's just reinforcing to me of the things right. that I want to improve about myself yeah. or so I used to, it was funny uh, when I was organizing in homes and I had a lot of colleagues we were part of a group who would do that we're like as soon as we get back from a client from like organizing someone's pantry or closet we'd like you think you'd want to run into the house and just like fall on the bed but we'd run into the house and be like I'm going to get some more stuff out of my pantry because <laughs> it was like this energy you have of seeing the impact on someone else you know and yeah. and uh you sort of know that gratification and the reward that they're going to get and it just it's like it's uh, like a magnetic field I think onto yourself yeah. and now you want to make those changes so right. I feel like it's a gift that I get to do something that I can then in turn, turn around and say, okay, well, how can I make myself better or improve upon this skill that I'm trying to teach someone else? Well, it's even just the open eyes of like, just seeing good things in practice or good Mm -hmm. ideas. And I mean, you know, I, I was actually reflecting on, I'm looking out my window right now. And I know that our postal carrier comes by every day at a certain time and just looking to see how he organizes some of his stuff. And yeah, you, you get things out of like the empathy that you have for other people and, and those, you know, sort of lessons that you can learn on a like ongoing basis. And I'm sure my, you know, my kids being tech savvy and organized themselves, we probably have lots and lots of lessons that we learn from, again, those unexpected places for sure. Definitely. I think, yeah, I think kids is a great example because I think sometimes 
as parents, we think we're always teaching and, um, and we think they're too involved in all the, the tech and too distracted. But I, I agree. There is just some underlying ways, uh, relationships or empathy mm-hmm. or um, just the things that they're learning in school that we can really apply to ourselves. You're listening to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. After a quick break, we'll come back and rejoin our conversation with Mridhu Barik. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. I'm Abhay Dandekar. My guest is Mridhu Parikh, an organization expert and productivity guru. Let's rejoin our conversation. Let me ask you this. I mean, you know, the concept of being organized and focused and finding that sort of peaceful productivity is is one way to put it. I mean, it's not really South Asian in that way, right? But as a South Asian woman, are there elements of who you are that you find bleed into your work and, and the success you've had? That's a great question. It's a specific. Well, I don't know if it's South Asian as much as just my parents. My entire family are type A, anal, crazy, organized people. So, I mean, I came from this. I mean, it's it's some things are out. And I think I'm a little crazy, but like they are crazy. So I think uh, the influence that I grew up in, I mean, I really it's very funny. Like, yeah. So I don't know. Again, I don't know if that was South Asian or just the family dynamic that I was in. But uh, everything, like when I say growing up, everything had its place and, you know, and everything was alphabetized and everything. It was, that's how I grew up in there. So I guess it was just a natural, something that came to me naturally at that point. Um, I probably could have gone with that or gone completely opposite, right? I could have done one (laughs) or the other. I could have just fought it or accepted it. And so it's definitely- And embraced it, right. Right, embraced it. Um, So, so yeah. And then, and funny, because I wouldn't have- um, thought, gosh, coming out of college, this is what I'm going to do. It's not like a career that somebody looks into or thinking right. about. Um, but once I did leave the corporate world, once I had kids and I was home, I was thinking about well, what are my strengths? What are my gifts? What does come to me naturally? What do I enjoy doing? I went through all those all those assessments you do and, sure. and that's really where I came up with. I'm like, well, what, what I mean, God, can you imagine if someone paid me if I could just go organize their stuff and their right. life and their things? Yeah. And, you know, back then, 10, 11 years ago, it was just starting to sprout. Like, it wasn't really a thing. It was on HGTV a little bit. Yeah. And uh, so it was It was really fun. It's been, again, I feel really lucky that I've been able to take something that I guess was handed to me growing up and now right. say, okay, well, how can I make a career out of this? Well, I wonder so. if you, do you relate differently to women who are South Asian or to people who are children of immigrants in any way, um, when you find that they're your clients, is there a slightly different twist to, to that relationship? There is, for sure. So probably what I can relate to the most are the relationships in the home, mm-hmm. whether that's the expectations of in-laws or expectations of even those spouses um, mm-hmm. or the idea of an extended family in the home, or yeah. I think some of the relationship to things from generations past or there, you know, there was just a different dynamic right. and uh, that I can really relate to. Um, and that helps, or even if I mean something, if we're talking about clothes or spices, Indian clothes, right. and how do we do, do that versus all the other clothes. And um, 
So I think for sure, yeah, there's a lot of uh, similarities there and things that um, probably why, why I can work really well with South Africans <laughs> because I understand all that. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think it it certainly takes a special, um, you know, kind of lens to look at a South Asian or an Indian spice daba, uh, yeah. you know, as <laughs> and organize that as opposed to, you know, someone who may not know what that means. Yeah. Um, sure. One thing that I'm curious about the the integration of sort of personal and, and professional, right? Mm-hmm. With, with so many components to each of those, I mean, it's just grown so much more complex. I mean, even in, in the last few years, where do you see this all going, right? I mean, a, as it becomes more and more complex, um, especially to maintain rich relationship development, um, you know, is, is this an AI strategy in the making? Is there, um, is it actually, do we have to revert to our found, more foundational aspects of like, you know, really kind of cultivating and treasuring those in-person conversations. How are we going to move forward with this, especially as the complexity is only building? Yeah. I feel like if 2020 taught us anything, it was that there's no compartmentalizing life, right? It's just like work, home, professional. It's just, it's just all in the mix now. So I think more, probably another lesson than a 2020 is just the whole hybrid model. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that really applies even to, how we're going to maintain these relationships or how we're going to be more productive. It's, I don't think it's one or the other. It's not all tech. It can't be all 100% just in person either, because just, you know, life just doesn't allow that for that. But if we can embrace that, that hybrid, that uh, like we were saying earlier, the zoom calls, the face-to-face FaceTime calls, but really make that a priority. I think we could have a beautiful mix of, you know, really bringing together what's really important. Um, you know, I was even thinking, so my, I think both of our kids are probably off to, to college soon. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, my son is, is looking at areas far, far away from us. And, uh, you know, I think my mom was asking, oh, are you worried about that? Does it make you really upset? And I'm like, not really. And I'm not because I don't love it, not because I'm not a good mom, but, you know, with FaceTime now, with Snapchat, with Instagram, we'll actually be more connected to them than mm-hmm. I was. And we were in college. I was only four hours away. Right. We had, I had no cell phone. We had yeah. no way to do pictures. The only way they could contact me, no email, was to leave a message on our machine with eight other roommates, you know, and right. maybe I could call them back. And so, even though that distance is further, we can be so much more connected right now than ever before. Yeah. So I think it's just, it's something to really think about instead of always, I, we bash a lot of the technology and how far right. it's going to get, but it, it can, if it's used the right way, it can really, really bring us together and make that distance feel so much smaller. It makes the world just feel smaller. Well, and, and, and I think the key phrase there is like use the right way, right? I mean, yeah. you know, being able to sort of harness it to your advantage and not letting it overwhelm you more than anything else. I, I'm curious about this because, again, it's the title of the show, but how, you know, in your life, integrating the personal and the professional so elegantly, with all of this, how, how do you engender trust in yourself, in, in those around you? What, what's your formula for that? I mean, I feel like this is going to be some uh, cliche, but being authentic and being myself. um, I feel like sometimes 
you know, it, that can get a bit overshadowed again by expectations of others or how you should show up, especially I think in the professional world. Um, but I, the older I'm getting, the more I'm sort of just saying, just, this is who I am. This is who it is. If it works for you, it works for you. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And I've just come to recognize just how much people appreciate that, you know, just, um, how you feel or, um, you know, what you really think about something, um, in a, in a, in a way that's, endearing or loving it's not me but but it's you know just just really being more transparent I think that's that's been the way that I I have created trust or how I feel really trustworthy of others yeah um yeah when the when the outcomes are good and the content works I'm sure that that just positively reinforces that Ruth thank you so much for for joining us it's been a treat and I hope you'll come back and join us again I would love to and this has been amazing thanks so much Thanks, Mridhu. And you can find out more info at lifeisorganized.com. Also, a big shout out to Viraj for helping to make this happen, for being too legit to quit, and for being a great sport during Halloween 1990. Hey, now there's a life lesson for the kids, right? On an even more thrilling note, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at MyGoodFranked, and you can catch us every Monday, Tuesday on Ruckus Avenue Radio through the Dash Radio app, and this podcast usually is available about a week later. As soon as I'm done here, though, time to organize my life. Till next time, I'm Abhay Dandegar. Because every story told is a lesson learned. Because every lesson learned is a story waiting to be told. I'm Abhay Dandegar, and I share stories about South Asian people and their purpose. And what they're saying over and over again is, trust me, I know what I'm doing. Hear it every Monday, Tuesday on Ruckus Avenue Radio or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Chef Sanjeev Kapoor. You're listening to Ruckus Avenue Radio.